This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. You know, and, and then I was listening to Pastor Bernie talking this morning about the vision of the church and about how this year, y'all are going to double. You're going to double. I mean, it's harvest time. Right here at High Desert Word Center, it is harvest time. It is time for victory in every area of life. And really, in order for that to be accomplished, and this is a Sunday night crowd, and you know all this, but just let me let me refresh your memories a little bit. In order for this to be accomplished, you're going to have to have the vision of that deep within your heart. You're going to have to know. You're going to have to look at that vision. And it needs to become crisp and clear. It needs to be so clear that it's easy for you to reach by faith into the spirit realm and pull it out of the spirit realm and bring it right into this natural realm. That's what really needs to And so we need to develop. I'm here, I think, to help you develop vision for harvest. Because the more crisp and clear, the easier it is for faith to take a hold of it. So today, let's look in the Word to develop vision a bit for harvest. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. And then I want us to look at verse 13. So 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It's not a very long verse. But we're going to camp on it all night. (laughs) And it says, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, I want you to notice that word abide. It's an important word in this verse. Abide. Abide means living together at the same address. And so you've got faith, hope, and love abiding together. They're living together. They're working together. They're, they're, they're side by side at the same address. Now, my address, my physical address, is 1402 West Porphyry Street in Butte, Montana, zip code 59701. And I told you all that in case you want to send me a present later on. But, <laughs> but that's my address. That's where I live. And, and when I go home... Uh, I live there together with my beautiful and wonderful wife, Liz. And when I go home, like when I came back from Nepal and Sri Lanka, I didn't just go home, check in, drop my bags, and then go live on the street. <laughs> no, I went home and I abided there together with Liz. There's only two of us living in that house, and so there's plenty of room. Praise God. But look at it again. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And so to understand this verse, you really need to understand how these three things live and work together. All three of these abide, they live at the same address, they work together. And we know from Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6 that faith works by love. And if you read in the old King James, it says faith worketh by love. Sometimes I like those old King James words, worketh, worketh it. Yeah, (laughs) faith worketh by love. Well, if you look up that word worketh or works, you'll find in in the Greek that it's coming from the Greek word energeo, 
And what does that sound like? Well, it sounds like our English word energize, energized, and really that's what it's referring to. Faith is energized or faith is switched on. Faith is activated by love. Now, I remember years ago, I, I worked at a, at a coal mine. Actually, I was, uh, Liz and I were pastoring a church in my hometown of Forsyth, Montana. And at the same time, I was working full time at a coal mine doing reclamation work. And part of my job was, they called me the soil scientist, which was fine. I know I had two soil classes in college, so I was, I was the soil scientist. <laughs> it's like, whoa. You know, God always throws me in way over my head on stuff. He just threw me in. You can handle it. You do this job. They gave me the job, and I'm the soil scientist. You know, the last guy that had the job had a Ph.D. in soil science. I think he had a few more than two classes. <laughs> but but they hired me because they knew I was really practical. I was common sense. And, and I looked at some of the stuff that the Ph.D. guy got put into practice. I looked at it and said, man, we don't need all of that. We can just simplify this and do that. And I got it approved by the regulatory agencies in Montana and the, and the company, the coal company, is saving lots of money. And they love me, <laughs> whether I had an advanced degree or not. But anyway, at this coal mine, is a huge strip mine in eastern Montana. And these coal, sh- these, these strip shovels, these drag lines, they're huge. I mean, the bucket on a drag line out there, you could put three or four different trucks inside that bucket. And so every time, man, it is pulling up that much dirt in one swipe. Well, what's interesting about these big drag lines is they're they're run on electricity. And so you can have this huge drag line sitting out there, but if it ain't plugged in, (laughs) it's not doing anything. And, and I mean, the plug, you know, <laughs> the extension cord was huge <laughs> and the plug was huge, but it had to be energized. And in fact, you could hear them on the on the radios, you know, when they, whenever they worked on them, they had to de-energize them so that nobody would get electrocuted. They'd unplug it and they'd say de-energize so we can work on it. And then when they were done working on energize, and I knew what that meant, oh, they're firing it up. So look out, that thing's going to be swinging. It's going to be pulling up dirt. Well, see, the same is true for our faith. Our faith without love, without getting plugged in, without being energized, it isn't going to do anything. But our faith works by, it is energized, it it, it is uh, 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 switched on by the love that God has given us. See, the greatest of these is love, and we'll look at that a little more as we go here. To understand this verse, we really got to understand how all three of these work together. Now, go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. You might want to hold your... Ah, you can, you've memorized that verse by now, <laughs> right? All three of these are spiritual forces. Faith is a spiritual force. Hope is a force. Love is a force. And all three of these are aggressive. They're not passive. They're aggressive. Faith is aggressive. Faith takes hold of what God has given. That's how we, that's how we get possession of it. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, everybody say has, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing. 
What I want you to notice on it is the past tense. Has blessed us. It's a done deal. Jesus already paid the price for all of it. He's already, God's already done everything He's going to do when it comes to blessing you and me. It's done. It's been done. We have already been blessed. And so what do we do? We, by faith, we reach out and grab a hold of what he's already done for us. Now, Psalm 23 tells us that God has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. What's on the table? Well, salvation is on the table. Health and healing is on the table. Wealth and prosperity is on the table. Joy, peace, all of that is on the table. It's already been done. It's on the table just waiting for us. My God has supplied all my needs according to His riches and glory. All that pertains to life and godliness is already on the table. But how do we grab a hold of it? How do we access it? Well, faith takes. Faith takes. Amen. So we're talking about how faith, hope, and love interact. How they work together. How they live together. How they abide together. Faith takes what hope sees that love is already provided. Now, you're going to hear that over and over, and if you don't get anything else out of this tonight, get that. <laughs> Faith takes what hope sees that love has already provided. See, this is how all three of these live and work together. Now, let's tie this into what we already know about vision. See, I, I told you we're going to work on vision tonight. See, hope sees something. Well, what is it? That's vision. I mean, you, you want you want a simple definition of vision? It's what you see. But when we're talking spiritually, it's what you see in the spirit world. Well, that's another way of saying hope. See, because when you're when you are truly in biblical hope, you're seeing what it is that you need. Like when it comes to healing. What do you do? Well, you get into the healing scriptures and you study the healing scriptures. And after a while, what should you be seeing? You should be seeing yourself healed. See, that's hope. That's vision. Amen. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so what are we talking about? We're talking about how all three of these work together. Love already provided it. Praise God. He's already given it to us. Hope sees it. And then faith takes what hope sees. Amen. Now, I got way ahead of myself <laughs> because I'm already filling in more than I should. Now, back before movies and television, people used to read more. You know, my wife's always reading. I mean... I, I, you know, we go to a movie sometimes and she, she reads during the movie. You know, it's moving too slow, so I'm gonna multitask here. I'm gonna read while the, while the movie, don't you? Yeah, she, yeah, see? But then she misses something and, what'd he say? What, what happened there? And it's like, you know, would you just watch the movie and quit reading your book? Yeah, mostly at home. But see, as we read, you know, back when, and, and for my wife, she still likes to read lots of stories. But when we're reading, we're using our imagination. 
we're seeing things. We visualize what it is that we're reading. Well, we need to do the same thing with the Word of God. Use our God-given imaginations to visualize what we're reading when we're studying the Word. And see, what is that? Well, that's hope. And then when you're doing that, let your hope build. Let what you see become crisp and clear. And I already gave you my example. When a sick person is reading the healing scriptures, what should they begin to see? They need to see themselves healed. And as you read the word and as you hear preaching on healing, your hope grows. You begin to see yourself more crisply more clearly with the health and healing that you're desiring. And see, that hope is a confident expectation. I mean, it's not wishing like what the world does. The world calls hope, you know, what they call hope is just, well, well, I, well I hope so. And that's just wishing. That's not Bible hope. Bible hope is a confident expectation. And you let that grow until you know that you know that you know, man, I'm going to have this. I'm going to get it now. And as you're doing that, faith then grows to the point where you obtain what it is that you see. That love is already provided. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Why is the greatest of these of love? Is love. Well, the greatest of these is what already has been done for you by God on the cross. Amen. What's already been done for you by God at the resurrection. Amen. What's going on for you right now as Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, the present day ministry of Jesus, it's going on right now. That's love. Love provides. Love freely gives us all things that pertain to life and God to live. Godliness. Love provided your redemption. Love provided your salvation. Love provides healing for your body. Love provides having your sins forgiven. Love has redeemed us from spiritual death. Glory to God. We don't have to go to hell. We've been bought and paid for. Redeemed us from sickness and disease. Redeemed us from poverty and lack. The greatest of these is love. Really because God is love. The greatest of these is what love has already done for us. He loved us while we were yet sinners. And see, all of that is why the greatest of these is love. Now, as as I preach about what love has already provided, hope begins to see it. Your, Your internal visualization begins to see yourself with all these benefits that love has already provided. And then faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith takes what hope sees that love has already provided. Now, go with me to 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll start talking about harvest. We'll start talking about church growth. We'll start talking about vision for harvest. 1 Corinthians 12. Did you know that the Bible actually teaches that what church you go to is not your decision? It is not your decision. It's been decided by God. It is, He is the one that sets the members in the church. And it's up to each and every one of us to find out where we're set. <laughs> Amen. He sets the members. In fact, let's look at it. First Corinthians 12 verse 18. 
It says, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. You know, we we got to realize that God is smarter than we are. He knows way more than what we know. He knows where you need to be set. That's his, that's his master plan. And he knows where every person on this earth, around the world, you know, there's close to 8 billion people now. He knows where every one of them should be set. That's amazing. He's an amazing God. He sets them where he pleases. It's not where I please. It's not where you please. It's where he pleases. Now, when we look at the, the natural body, you know, my mom and dad were glad to see that when I, when I was born, I had a right thumb. You know, they were glad about that, but they didn't decide it. I was born with a thumb, and they were glad, but it was God that decided that. <laughs> I mean, he's the one that put, he put my body together, just like he puts the body of Christ together. The, the local church, he puts that together, if we'll follow him and be led by him. God set me as a member in AFCM. That was not my choice. That was not my decision. He set me, and I know it just as sure as I know my own name. He set me within the the body. Now, now AFCM, the Association of Faith Churches and Ministers, that's not a local church. That's That's a church organization. That's an association of churches. And I always like to tell people, it's good to be part of an association. Just like it's good for an individual to be part of a church, because in a church you can do far more than you can do on your own as an individual. Well, then just look back a little, take a step further back and look, it's good for a church to be part of an association, because in an association you can do far more than you could as just one church. And so I'm set as a leader in AFCM. They, they actually put me on the executive support team here a little while ago. And, and we're the mission directors of AFCM. And, and so God set us there and put people under us to lead so that we can fulfill the vision of AFCM. In the same way, God has placed each one of you here in High Desert Word Center so that you can help the vision of High Desert Word Center come, come about. You're here to do your part. You're here to be that part of the body, of this local body. And when everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, when every, when every member, when every joint supplies, when everybody does what they're called to do, man, this thing runs. Runs fast, runs hard. Gets big, is effective. Impacts the community. Impacts surrounding communities impacts the world, impacts the nations. Amen. Now, God has set your pastors here as leaders of this church. So, there's people in this community that God has called to be part of this church, called to be part of this body, but they're not here yet. They don't quite know that they're supposed to be here yet. But God has called them, and he has set them in this body just as he pleases. Now, because they're not here yet, we all need to see it in vision form. Amen. And what is that? Well, that's hope. See, we need to see this room full. We need to see it so full that you got to go to multiple services to fit them all in. 
full to the point where, man, it, it is just bursting at the seam, and then you got two services, and they start bursting at the seams. I mean, there's enough people in this community that are called to be part of this body for that to take place. But you, first of all, got to see it. You've got to build your hope for it. See, God is love, and love has already provided the people. They're already out there. So faith takes what hope sees that love has already provided. God has already set the members of High Desert Word Center. So we need to go out and find those people that God has already provided. (laughs) We can see them in vision form. And then what else do we need to do? We need to speak to them by faith. Love has provided them. Hope sees them. And faith reaches out and grabs a hold of them. Now, really, this is a type of prayer. I think you're already aware of that. It's calling those things which are not as though they were. (laughs) Call those things. It's speaking by the spirit of prophecy. And see, each and every one of you can do that. Each and every one of you can call these ones that God has already set. He's already provided. Love has already provided. Each and every one of you can see it in vision form. And then you can do go ahead and by faith speak to them. Call them in. And then go out and get them. Now, now go with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Now, I, I know this is referring to Jesus. But we're going to look at it a little bit different. John chapter 10, we're going to read verses 2 through 4. It says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now, let's let's just look at this verse this way. The sheep that God has set in this church will know Pastor Bernie's voice. They will know His voice. Those members that are not here yet, they're listening for Pastor Bernie's voice. They're looking for their shepherd even if they don't know it yet. (laughs) And John chapter 10 and verse 5 says, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So the sheep, the members of this church, they're not going to follow a stranger. They're going to follow their shepherd. They're going to follow. They may not know it yet, but they're waiting to hear the pastor's voice. But first, we got to get this. We got to get this in vision form. We got to see this. Hope sees it. Faith then takes what hope sees, that love that God has already provided. But then how does faith take it? Well, you're in a word church here. You're in a faith church. Faith is released through words by speaking and through actions by doing. So people that are called by God to be part of this church, but haven't come here yet, first of all, they got to be introduced to the great shepherd. Amen. There's people, see, there is no shortage of people living in your neighborhoods, around where you work, in this community. There's no shortage of people lost, dying, and going to hell. <laughs> a bunch of them have been called to be part of this church. 
And so what do we need to do? Well, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. We need to be following, looking around, Lord, who, 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 who do you want me talking to? Go ahead and be led like that. He'll lead you to people that are supposed to be here in this church. And see, then what do you do? Well, you lead them to Jesus. You know, and some people get all, oh, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Each and every one of us is called to the ministry of reconciliation. It's not hard. The, the gospel message is simple. And it's real easy. And a good way to start is just tell them, just tell them what God did for you. Just tell them, tell them your testimony. God do something good for you? Well, tell them about it. They'll get interested in it. And th- then you can go ahead and tell them real simply, and you can have this too. <laughs> it, it's, it's really, it's really very simple. And we know from the scripture that the, 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 the power is there in those words that you share. It is the power of God unto salvation. And when you got faith in that and you go ahead and speak words of salvation to them, those words are going right into the heart of the people that you're talking to. And the Spirit of God is right there. I mean, you can't save anybody, but the Holy Ghost is right there convicting them of a sin and drawing them right into the presence of God. And so you're there doing what? You're introducing them to the Great Shepherd. Once they're born again, man, they know the Great Shepherd. And then they start listening for the voice of the under-shepherd. They start like, see, people, people, they're, they're really not interested in a shepherd until they're saved. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to bring an unsaved person in here and they get saved during a Sunday morning. That's, that's awesome. Don't stop doing it. But the majority of the unsaved people are not going to come into a church until they're a sheep. <laughs> Once they're a sheep, they'll start going, bah, and they'll start listening for the voice of their shepherd. <laughs> and once they come on into the church, they hear the voice of their shepherd. Oh, here he is. I found him. <laughs> and see, that's part of the process that God used of setting people in the church. They then know this is my place. I heard the voice of my shepherd. I'm not going to follow after a stranger. And see, that, that's another thing that you can be declaring and praying the sheep of this body, they're not going to follow after a stranger. They're going to follow after the shepherd. They're going, to, they're going to get introduced to the great shepherd, and then the great shepherd's going to help them find their shepherd, and when they find them, they go, bah. Here I am. I'm part of this fold. Amen. <laughs> See, they'll find their place. And when they find their place, they begin to fulfill the call of God on their life. See, I, I, I know this is, this is a, this is a church where, where you are actively involved in getting people born again. And I also know this is a church that is actively involved in discipling those who get born again. And so now we're back to what Jesus told us all to do, the Great Commission. We're to go ahead and, and, and get these people saved and disciple them. You're already doing it. But see, as your pastor said, he's got vision for double. This church is going to double. It's going to double in this year. And so how's that going to happen? Well, he can't do it all. No, he, he, needs, to, he needs to go ahead and be the pastor. And see, pastors beget, begot pastors. Sheep reproduce sheep. Are you following me? 
And so sheep need to be out there reproducing. Well, she, you, you need to be out introducing lost people to the great shepherd. Then they become a sheep. Then you bring them into the church and they hear their pastors. Oh, oh, bah, bah. And they start following your pastor. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm having fun with this. <laughs> see, faith takes what hope sees. And see, really what I'm doing tonight is building your hope so that it becomes more crisp, more clear, so your faith can actually reach out and grab a hold of what God's already provided. And if we don't do this, then there's all kinds of people in this community that are going to die and be without Christ forever. See, that's sobering. And that's part of what drives Liz and I on the mission field. That's, you know, and my, I'm not an evangelist. But when I go on the mission field, every opportunity I got, any time that I'm preaching in a church over there, uh, whether I know there's unsaved people in there or not, there usually are. I give, I'll give an invitation for salvation. People will, will, and gosh, in Nepal, I think we had over a dozen people receive the Lord in Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka was really cool this time. They, they actually had me be part of a baptism service, you know, water baptism. And so the, first of all, they had me teach on baptism. I thought, cool. Did an hour on baptism. <laughs> you know, and it was, it was kind of like Bible school. And they got it, you know, what baptism means, what it's all about. Then we went to another church that had a baptism tank, and we dunked them all, immersed them, water baptized them. And one of them that was going through water baptism was a lady that was from a very strict Hindu family. I mean strict, strict, strict. And she invited her her Hindu unsaved family to the water baptism. They came. And so they're watching this lady. I mean, she's married to a Hindu. He's there. They're watching her take a stand. Whoo! I mean, she demonstrated her faith. She demonstrated her commitment right in front of God and everybody. Went down in that water, came up, you know. And the very next day, it was my privilege to lead her husband to Jesus. I mean, it was, it was, it was so cool. I mean, I'm preaching a message, right? And at the end of the message, I give an invitation. And then when the inv- they made sure it was me that, that talked to this one. And so I got to lead them right to Jesus. And why did that happen? Because his wife was courageous. His wife was bold. His wife said, I, you know, hey, I'm a believer. I'm committed. I want the rest of you to be a believer and committed. And, and so they're coming in. Praise God. Amen. See, faith takes through saying, praying, and doing. I think you all know that. And so your, your assignment, because <laughs> I'm not a member here, but you are, and you can't leave it to the pastor because pastors reproduce pastors. They can get people saved, too, and I'm, I guarantee that the pastoral staff here is getting people saved right and left. But the job of getting sheep to reproduce is primarily the sheep. Sheep reproduce sheep. 
kind of goes without saying. <laughs> pastors reproduce pastors. That's why you've got your senior pastors here raising up other pastors. It's awesome. There is a... Their children, yeah. I mean, that's the best of both worlds. <laughs> you couldn't ask for it to be a better situation. And so then the sheep, you know, and this is where a lot of times the sheep go, oh, I don't know. No, you can do it. It's really not hard because it's not you. And it's really not about you. It's about the lost. And if God can take an introvert like me and turn me into a preacher and a teacher, he can take an introvert and turn them into a soul winner. It, it's, you know, a lot of times people, well, no, my personality, well, I, well, my personality, when I was a kid growing up, you couldn't, you, you wouldn't hear me say a word. Not one word. In fact, my, the, my friends, the, the, the adult friends of my parents used to even talk to my parents. There's something wrong with him. He never said, is he slow? <laughs> no, he's just really quiet. <laughs> but see, in the scriptures, Jesus said that he would make us fishers of men. He would make us fishers of men. And what's that mean? That means he'll give you everything you need to be a fisher of men. Everything that you need. He'll give you the words to say. He'll give you the anointing you need. He'll give you the gospel that's already the power of God unto salvation. He'll give you all of that, and all you got to do is obey. All you got to do is open your mouth, tell somebody about what Jesus did for you. And, and you know, the first time you do it, and you might be a little, you might be a little, a little scared. Well, do it scared. Just go ahead, do it scared. You might be a little scared the first time, the second time, whatever. But just go ahead and do it. And then when you see the results, you go, "Where's the next one?" Where, where's, where's the next one? Okay, I got this, you know. Show me another one, Lord. <laughs> and then once you lead them to Jesus, bring them on into the church where they can hear the voice of their pastor, where they can hear, and, and, and then they can, then they can say, bah, bah, found my pastor. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's what the Lord had me. Uh, wanting to share with you tonight. So remember, remember this. Faith takes what hope sees that love has already provided. He's already provided it. We just need to go ahead and see it and reach out by faith and take it. Amen. Pastor, I'm going to turn this back over to you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.